0: So if you go to Google and say, you know, somebody's sitting there, they're behind on their mortgage, they got pre foreclosure coming in, they're going to go on Google and type in, I want to sell my house fast, and they hit enter. And then one of our websites will be one of them that come up and they reach out to us that way. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full time. Get ready to take notes. Here's
1: your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to Welsh listeners. Today I have the pleasure to talk to another immigrant friend of mine. He's a third generation immigrant, so his 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 migra- his migrant genes have been diluted a little bit. But uh, but the spirit hasn't died. Nick Sicilian. Nick is a co-founder for R E I A F. And uh, what we really wanted to talk today to Nick was he trains and, and uh, he has a mastermind uh, called REIAF Mastermind, where he basically works with a lot of investors who are trying to be also become active within a very specific asset class, which we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but it's all real estate related, though. The the term RE in REIAF is real estate. Nick, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you very much for having me, man. Awesome. Nick? before we go into your story why don't we open up the show with when you hear the term migrate to
0: wealth what does that mean to you moving right so so moving to wealth right uh migrate doesn't have to be just uh, you know somebody moving from country to country immigration right but like I moved out of New York uh as soon as I graduated I ran out of New York to Texas just because I saw better opportunities for myself for my family for my future family so moving to wealth is what I, I think I come up with on that. Awesome. And then
1: wealth, what does wealth mean? Meant to you and what it mean to you today? Can you help us paint that picture? When you, when you just graduated, you were looking to run out of New York, which is great. You landed in Dallas now and you've been there for a while. How has the de- what was the initial definition and has the definition changed?
0: So that's, it's, that's one of those definitions that I really think everybody has their own. Right, my wealth isn't the same as your wealth. As the same as Mark Cuban, right? Right. So I think everybody has to figure out what their own wealth is. That's step one, right? Because every time they always compare to somebody else, you're just you're going to be not happy. So figure out what your what your wealth is. To me, it was family. I wanted to build a house and and own a own a property and have a family and not have all these stresses that I was seeing on Long Island, right? High tax, high, high everything. So I moved out of there to somewhere that was more friendly for single family homeowners and, you know, first time homebuyers and, and everything, right? The freedoms in Texas compared to New York or in the Northeast in general are just you can't compare. So, you know, that's so for me, wealth was, you know, a sense of happiness, a sense of security. And, and nothing more than that, right? I'd, I don't need a billion dollars and Rolls Royces to be wealthy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting, Nick, because I always tell
1: people is that you, at the onset, most of us are happy and secure people. Then we go out in this pursuit of money. I won't even call it wealth because we think that, and that that's going to give us more security and happiness. Then we live the Then We get there. Then we live the remaining of our life worrying about losing all that wealth so you never really you really never found the security and the happiness that you're looking for you're just chasing money at that point so to your
0: point of when you go ahead sorry i didn't mean to cut you off that's all right i i what i was going to say was to just take back off that is when you first asked me you know what what that was i was gonna my answer was gonna be bluntly, wealth is happiness right yeah. but to anybody hearing that they're gonna think money is happiness right? Because they're going to relate money to wealth, but that's not what I meant. I meant literally to me, wealth is peacefulness. Wealth is happiness. Yeah. Wealth is just stress-free, right? That, whatever that is to you, that might be something completely different. But to me, wealth is happiness and it takes a lot to build and get there.
1: So like, tell us about your journey into wealth. How do you make it What you were looking for?
0: So I originally started out as an offshore engineer. Uh, I, I was born and raised in New York, Long Island, I went to SUNY Maritime, went to Merchant Marine Academy. I became an engineer, worked offshore, I uh, was on some of the biggest ships in the world. And I was just, I did that for a handful of years and it was getting more and more difficult. All right. So we just talked about everything that I had in my, ha- in my mind of what wealth was. And I wasn't building it. I was working offshore. I was making $200,000 a year. I had the Roth and I had the 401k. So, I was building wealth in a sense, but i wasn't happy so my I had a wife i had uh children, and when my child when my oldest was about four years old, he was nonverbal and it was just getting very difficult to be away you know up, sometimes up to ten months of the year so i I walked away I walked away from everything you know I, I, everything that I knew right my education all of that that I just built and and worked toward i i hung it up i hung my boots up and i cashed out and i got into the family business which is real estate i say the family business because my mom was a real estate agent up in new york my wife is a. she used to be a real estate agent up in new york she's now works in a title company my brother he's been in real estate for 20 years now so i had something to go to and try to become an entrepreneur and nicholas my dad was an entrepreneur so Got it. Now, I
1: love that story. And thank you for sharing that story, because I think each of us will come to a point in our life where we will have to make that decision, right? Where do you want to continue working uh, for the man or for the woman, doesn't matter, or somebody else? Or you want to work or want to create something for yourself because of what's important to you. So how, how was that decision, your point? You were saying that your son was non-verbal, four years old. You can't really FaceTime and all that stuff. I I don't even know how much the technology, depending upon...
0: I don't want to give away your age. Who knows what it was? No, yeah. Because you're also offshore, so there's no internet connections. If you have internet, it's barely enough to text. You know, toward the end, don't get me wrong, toward the end, it was miles better than in the beginning. In the beginning, I I would talk to my wife, then fiance, then girlfriend, you know, once every 21 days, right? Like, literally. So, it got significantly easier and easier and easier. But, at the same time, my children don't understand. So, it got harder and harder and harder at the same time. You know, you start FaceTiming for Christmas. And, you know, yeah. and everybody's having fun. And everybody's happy. And everybody wishes you were there. And you're providing for all that. But, at the same time, you gotta hang up that phone and have a heartbreaking moment. And it sucks. It's tough. So what's the point, right? You're, you're building it all for something else. My story was very different though, right? A lot of people that, a lot of people that are in that rat race, they still have the opportunity to get into real estate. And this is why I love real estate. It's because it's so multifaceted, Mm -hmm. right? There's ways to invest in real estate without having to jump, right? I had to burn the ships. That was my, that was just my path, right? Not everybody has to burn the ships to get into real estate and start investing and and building wealth right correct you can do it on your your on your evenings and your time off and and trade things off i I just didn't have that option so so
1: that decision when you made that decision of i want to leave my w two at that point i want to go into the business what other options were you looking for like how were you thinking about? Or was it only the real estate? Were you comparing multiple options? Were you... What was your thought process?
0: No, I, I spent months trying to find a landslide job. Nothing was comparable, like compensation-wise, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really what the deciding factor was. If I, if I wanted to do this, I would have to build it, right? I would have to jump off and go and work. And the only thing I, I could trade, right, was my time. So I I just put in the time. Okay, perfect.
1: So and now now you're at a point where you were picking real estate as the next path. Did you become a realtor? Followed the path of your mom, your wife, and your brother? How, do, how did you think about real estate then?
0: So uh, originally, I jumped into real estate as a uh, loan officer. I, I got in as a mm. loan originator. I was doing non-QM, non-qualified mortgages. Uh, so they're all investment financing, right? So hard money loans, DSCR loans, portfolio loans, commercial loans, right? Anything that is not owner-occupied, right? Uh, Non-Fannie and Freddie, I jumped into that and I was, man, I was drinking from the fire hose. Uh, and sorry so, so like to interrupt it. you, I think before you go too deep, I
1: want to I want to pause there for a second. Uh, yeah. So for those of those people who do not understand non-qualified mortgages and key mortgages, uh, what does that really mean? Are you investing your own money? Are you investing somebody else's money? Are people like, who want to invest. Give a little bit more
0: color on that because that's an important, it's an important point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to talk about only single family. All right, so I'm not talking about commercial. Uh, so single family residential houses, right? Investors can use non-QM lenders, right? They are typically hard money lenders, right? So if you just go on Google and type in hard money lender, they're called hard money because it's based on a hard asset. Okay so what the lender is going to come in and do is he's going to come in and say all right you know Mr Smith uh, you want to do xyz to this property uh, and it's worth uh, a certain amount and you're going to increase the value to x you know to a further amount i will lend you a portion of that right and proceeds it's not as difficult right typically when i say difficult i mean the underwriting right so we're not going in and qualifying the property based on your income right and it's not all of the Fannie and Freddie laws because it's an investment loan only. You're not going to live there. So typically these loans are higher interest rate and they're shorter time, right? So they're only for six months to a year. Get in and get out loan. But uh, And then there's 30-year there's products too, right? So if you want to refinance that property, you can also refinance it into a longer term, 30 years fixed rate, but well, typically fixed rate. But they're again they're gonna be a higher interest rate. Right now, man, they're almost at nine percent. So you're you're hearing right now that rentals are dead. They're not. Right? Rentals are never dead. Uh buying property and holding them is never a bad idea because the average appreciation is just going up. You, you can look back all the way to the, the 30s and look at. But the what that means is that people can't get into them and out of them without leaving significant cash in them right now. So the average is going to be a more wholesale or flip scenario. Not, I think that makes sense, Nick.
1: So thank you again for that. So you said that, why did you pick, pick becoming a loan officer? Like, why, How did you even look at that? Because that's not, if you just pick up a real estate,
0: most people don't think about being a lender. They want yeah, to come into well, owning something. It was just an opportunity that I had. I had an opportunity to get in the door of a startup. There were new money lender in texas so i was able to get once i got the opportunity i just grabbed it and ran with it yeah Uh, and you can anybody can reach out and and they're that position a loan originator anybody can go and get that job almost right because they're they're not hired right you're you're 100 commission based Mm. So you better be ready to feed yourself, right? It's a it's a kill what, it's an eat with you kill job. Yeah, so yeah. yeah,
1: got it. So now you became that, and you were drinking from the fires. I'm sure you're you're learning a lot at that point because you're you're learning on how people
0: are looking at investment. I'm assuming that's what probably well, I I was looking the way that investment should be looked at, right? Like I was looking at them through the eyes of the lender, which means that they were always. More safer, right? They're always hedged. The lender's always in a favorable position. Banks usually rarely fail. With that being said, though, when you're when you're from that higher up, right, you're servicing so many people and you're analyzing. I was analyzing maybe ten deals a day, Mm -hmm. right, just getting on the phone and, and going over rehabs and going over purchase prices and contracts and everything, going through title work, right, as a lender you're in the sort of hand by hand well you should be hand in hand with the title company right throughout the whole process if there's any issues keeping your 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 uh, client sorry your client up to date on everything right the status of a file so you're when you go from turning wrenches on an oil rig to writing loans in real estate investing you're going to learn a lot right because again you're learning from the fire you're drinking from the fire hose right so you are getting an education. Love that. So, and then at the same time, I had my brother as an investor. So we were buying and selling the entire time. And then just recently, last January, I actually finally like dipped out and hung up the lender shoot Official. Oh, that's interesting. So let's talk about that for a second. So you became an
1: you became an originator, loan or originator, or loan officer, I should say. From there, along that side, you partnered with your brother, and you guys were then investing in single families. Yep. Okay. Perfect. And uh, was he was he in New York at that point, or did he had already moved to
0: Dallas? No, 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 no. he has he has been down here. So I was, I we, I still have one brother up north, but he's uh, he's got a pension job, so he's waiting. He won't. We like keep on trying to get him to come. But there's four of us in Texas. What? Well, sorry, three of us in Texas. One in. Uh, florida now and then one in new york awesome awesome so uh so you were in, you started investing with your brother who was a
1: realtor you said for 20 years that's a that's a person that's a person? just an investor, just an investor. investor not a realtor it. yep yep so then when you guys picked that uh pick to start to invest were you why did you pick single families why not multifamilies? why not commercial what made you pick that class just because because you were a loan originator for that asset class or something different.
0: I I just you. It's it's what our avatar was, right? It's what our whole business was set up for. Commercial is a whole nother game. Yeah. Uh, when you get into commercial, you end up just becoming somebody that's raising capital, <laughs> in a sense, yeah. right? Like, and I don't know. We we were very good with the direct to to owner, right? That's we. Our entire system was set up on PPC and and mailers and stuff like that. So. I would, In order to make that jump, I felt like it would have been a whole revamping of the company. And then on the side, so- and at the same time, just didn't like the way rates were going, right? Um, you're buying things on a, and again, I don't want to get into cap rates and all that, but things were just getting tight. And if you're looking at one thing as rates are going up, just don't like the way everything was looking. Single families, way safer in my eyes. Especially in Nordtech, right?
1: I, lo- I love Dallas area. I Man, Dallas is Dallas is a beautiful area. Uh, we were actually very close to moving there before we moved from Washington D.C. to Raleigh. Uh, we checked out the schools and everything, um, but unfortunately, it didn't work out for a variety of reasons. Uh, Nick, you mentioned a few terms. I want to I want to make sure our listener base is able to grasp them. You mentioned direct to owner. You mentioned PPC. You mentioned a lot of different terms. Could we Could we break it down so that people can understand what does what does mean and 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 really where your business model is so that if somebody wants to learn more yeah. about it they, they can make sense out of it yeah yeah
0: absolutely so um so real estate investing right you're you're going and you're finding people with pain right these are people with distressed properties these are people that were just in probate you know so somebody died or it's a divorce or taxes are past due right so there's some pain point right there's some issue and then you you can either do one of two things, right? So you can either reach out to them, or they can reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, so it's outbound and inbound, right? So you can, if you're looking to get into real estate, right? And if you go on YouTube and type in "how to be a wholesaler," any anybody on there, right, is going to tell you to go pull a list of free foreclosures or somebody, and then just go door knocking and start cold pole- calling or just reaching out and just barraging these people. Well, the issue is that is that you better have the skills to actually help them and close them, right? So outbound reach is, I don't want to say, uh, it, it's just more difficult, right? It's a colder yeah. lead. So what we prefer is the inbound lead, okay? And how do we get that is we just do a lot of marketing, right? So PPC is pay-per-click, It's, uh, let's just say Google, right? So if you go to Google and say, you know, somebody's sitting there, they're behind on their mortgage, they got pre-foreclosure coming in, they're going to go on Google and type in, I want to sell my house fast. And they they hit enter, and then one of our properties, one of our websites will be one of them that come up and they reach out to us that way. It sounds really easy, but you're trading off work for for money, right? Right. where the other way is very cost efficient, right? It doesn't take much to pick up and make a hundred calls a day. It doesn't cost you anything, right. but you're probably not going to be as successful because they're colder. So what we do is very costly, but my team, you know, we have three people on acquisitions, three people on dispositions that's buying and selling, right? So we have three people on buying houses and then three people counseling, selling houses. So I know my team if my if the phones ring, they're gonna be able to help people and and get the deals closed. So mm-hmm. that's the route we go. And Nick, I,
1: th- I think you said something very interesting. And we'll talk a little bit more about your business model as well. I think one thing you're basically saying is that look, when I'm reaching out to Nick, who may be troubled or not troubled, I have no idea, because I'm just uh, I'm just hoping that my conversation with Nick is going to go well and um, and they they'll convert. But if Nick is actually reaching out to me directly, saying. Hey socket, I saw your ad. I actually ha- I actually want to explore this conversation. I'm looking to sell my house fast. Like it's a very different conversation where I'm trying to convince that I'm the right person to you versus you reaching out to me. in your mind, you've already made that mental leap. and now you may be calling five sockets, that's fine, but you're ready to call somebody, which is very important. Yeah, right? I think that's that's an important point of somebody reaching an in having an inbound call versus an outbound call. An outboard called, you don't know when you found somebody, what state of mind they're in. Are they ready, willing, and able to make that, make that move fast as you want? So in your case, I love that model, the PPC model. It works fantastic, but it's not, as you said, it's not an easy model. Uh,
0: just no, because I you mean, to go of Google for AdWords doesn't mean you have the right keywords. You have to do a lot of legwork on that as well. You know how many people call us and like, oh, we spent 20000 and we didn't get a single call or a single lead? And I'm like, I know. Right, like if it's a very yeah. costly thing, and if you're getting into it, it's even harder because the way that p, p- the way that PPC works, and you know, good old algorithms and all that that trash, time matters, right? So our account is very eight, right? We have so much time on it that i I don't have to spend en- the same as you, right. right? Right. So one of the things with PPC is if you start, you know, start small. But never turn it off because once it's all, you know, once you shut it off, you're going to have to start all back oh. over, right? Yeah. You're going to every time. So, so Nick, now, so keep, keep that in mind. It's a lot of out, a lot of campaigns that you're doing like that. Don't shut them down, tweet them, right? Go in. If you're doing a mail campaign uh, or a phone campaign or whatever, right? Don't, don't just say, all right, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore because there's a failure, right? Go back and and take notes and say all right well this is this i could have done a little bit different or this i could have made these changes let's try this right we split test non-stop and what i mean by split test is like oh you know we'll have funnels that'll be the same exact thing but just a little bit different maybe fonts different or right anything and just see what happens right and use a you know, different title.
1: I, I I think this we're we're going to very interesting because we're not talking about marketing right at the core essence of your model which you already started with is is really about a marketing game, right? Because the better that's strongly, the more more inbound leads you have, the more inbound leads you have, the less the more conversion is going to be. Period. So the goal in this in your case is to attract as many inbound calls as you can. So which essentially means is that. The ad has to resonate with the right avatar. You have to know what the, who your avatar is, which for those who are new to marketing, all it means is who is your target audience, right? Are you targeting people in the probates? Are you targeting people in foreclosures? Who are you targeting? Then you have to start Mark, Can you help us understand that, and you got a very, very, maybe 50,000 feet level. What does that mean, and how should people start thinking? Because it, not everyone may want to become a wholesaler or a problem solver. marketing is a skill I think you can use in any domain you want, any business you want. Even in your work, you're probably marketing at some extent. So to tailor your messaging and get that, wear that marketer hat. And coming from an engineer, as I'm an engineer, uh, we're not trained to think creative in the marketing terms. We're thinking zeros and ones, right? We're not trained to think about how people are thinking. So it'll be a very interesting
0: conversation. So if you can go deeper into that, that'd be great. I don't do any of the copy. Well, let me just tell you that right now, because I can't. The engineer brain in me, it, it yeah. just can't, right? I, I very, very 500 meters, this is what it should, A, B, C, and then I give it off to the team. And so I do, you know, I'm big into flow charts, right? So oh. so when you're talking about the engineering side, right, How can how can an engineer mind be in real estate? Get a whiteboard and just start writing everything out on it, right? you know, what, what you want it to look like. All right. So if I have an inbound call, what's the next step? Oh, they told me they're not ready to sell right now. All right. Well, what happens to that phone number? All right. Well, it goes in this system, this pile for three days, and then somebody calls back and just checks in and then it goes in for another, right? And then you have a systematic approach to everything. So no, I I completely understand the ones and zeros, what you're talking about. To go back on your question, you were talking. I apologize. I'm talking
1: about the what? the approach to market. How can an engineer yeah. train themselves to so, think like a marketer? You don't
0: necessarily have to write your own copy, but you have to think like a marketer. I I all right. So the thing that that everybody has to understand is right. You have the funnel. Right. We we, we we're just talking Let's about talk that the funnel now. Let's break it down. So I think I think this is turning into a very different podcast
1: than I had imagined, which is which is great, which is what I love about this. You know?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the funnel. So the funnel is literally, just think of it as a funnel, all right? You, you want your, your avatars to, to discover you and fall into your funnel and then trickle down. You're going to lose some, but you want them to trickle down. And as they get down, they're closer to making a decision, all right? That's the final thing. You want them to make a decision. if that decision is to Use you as a roofing company if that decision is to use you as an IT company, if, whatever that this is, everybody should have a funnel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about marketing before, and you know, I talk all the time, and people are like, oh, well, they, they that means that in order to have a funnel and marketing, I have to have this big operation, and you don't. Okay. The first part of a funnel is awareness, right? You want to just tell them who you are, introduce yourself, right? The second part of uh, a funnel is, uh, help me out here. Uh, consideration. It goes, consideration, right? Yeah, 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 Consideration, yeah, yeah. So you're going you're gonna to talk to them, right? At, and then it goes to Engage. uh, engagement and then decision, right? So there's fours and fives, all these, right? So you're trying to walk them down. Let's say I'm just a door, a door knock, right, that works pre-foreclosure lists. What that means, pre-foreclosure, these are all public data lists. OK, all this that we're talking about now is all public data. So you can type in Dallas County pre-foreclosure, hit uh, County Clerk, and then hit enter into Google and you'll find Dallas County Clerk's pre-foreclosure lists and all of them that are coming up for auction. And then you can take that and then use that to, to go further. Right. And go use. Right. So all this information is out there, what I'm getting. Right. So let's say you go in Doorknob. Just, just door knocking can be your funnel, right? You're going to introduce yourself. You're going to explain how you can help them. You're going to talk about the processes of pre-foreclosure and how they can get out of it and, and their options, right? And you're going to sit there and walk them down this funnel, but it's not through a website. It's not through PPC or Google. It's literally belly to belly and you're introducing yourself and you're, you're, dis- you're telling them how you're going to help them and you're going to eventually help them make a decision, right? So uh, when I talk about marketing, it, oh, people always think that it has to go big and get systems and be very costly. Just you have to first look at it and know what you want and what your goals are, right? Build the avatar, understand how you're going to help them, all of those things. The rest of it is just scaling, right? And But if you don't have a good foundation, you're just going to scale chaos and that's going to be miserable. Yeah, I think that's really where the left brain can help, right? Uh,
1: because the left brain could, could put some structure into the place. So a lot of our audience is engineer. They are left brain. They are uh, thinkers. They are investors. They're very comfortable with spreadsheets, zeros and ones. But they're not necessarily comfortable with copywriting. Not everyone is, uh, to your point. But you don't have to be. Like, as you said that, you don't want to write the copy because you know you're not good at it. But that doesn't mean you can't learn to think like a marketer. That's what we were talking about here is that think like a marketer, build your funnel. And if you think about this funnel concept, we can actually take it to any aspect of your life because you are building funnels. When you're going out and for your business meetings, even if you're a corporate guy or gal, you're using these same techniques and terminologies. You're just doing it more unconsciously. Now you're bringing more consciousness into it, right? So I love that. Now, so Nick, when you now, when, when Socket's now reaching out to you, I have a problem uh, and you're able to acquire my property, do you just turn around and sell it? Because you said you have three acquisition team members, you have a few uh, disposition.
0: What happens in between? So we have multiple. So we, our whole thing that we preach, right, is that acquisition comes first, right? You have to I want to say purchase a property at the right price. In order, If you buy a property at the right price, you can do anything with it. What that means is we do everything. We'll do fix and flips. So we're taking down, we're actively doing rehabs. We're actively, well, I'm I'm not refinancing anything nowadays because we already talked about rates. It just doesn't make sense for me. We're doing a lot of note deals and creative finance deals. We are wholesaling some properties, but not not everything is going into a wholesale category we do a lot of uh, hotels which is just minor improvements so we're buying it we're closing on it cleaning it out doing minor fixes we're still leaving some sweat equity is what we like to call it Mm -hmm. right that giving uh, the husband a honey do list isn't a bad thing yeah Uh, i don't have to break the market every time and i don't have to push comps every time i can buy a property at a reasonable price do reasonable better work to it, and sell it for a reasonable better money, and make a reasonable better profit, right? I don't have to push the numbers on everything. So, yeah, that was a realization too. For the past however many years, everything has just been slamming on this roller coaster upwards, right? And everybody's pushing comps and doing everything they can, and faster turnaround was a way better idea, guys. So, That's where we pulled back on. We pulled back on a lot of high-end rehabs. Uh, We were doing million-dollar flips, and the market's still there for them just because so many people are moving out of California and New York, and they're finding these great deals in Texas. So the market's still there for them, but the length of rehab time is what I didn't like. I don't want to have my neck in that situation for so long. So we're pulling out of that, and we're just doing more faster.
1: I think let's talk about the, the the intuition behind it, right? So what we're saying is that given the time we're in right now, you can make a reasonable amount of prediction for a week, for a month, maybe. But if you start going five to six months out, which is where the major rehabs are going to take, these luxury rehabs may take more time because the amount of work, the quality of the work and the quality of the material is going to be at a different capacity. Right? So I think what you're basically saying is that the, the your, your intuition behind that is how can I do a faster turnaround so I can reduce my risk? Right, because uh, you yep. can make some 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 reasonable amount of prediction because of what's going to happen in the market. So I love that, Nick.
0: Now, if somebody's trying to, it for with that, right, all I had to do was change my avatar, right? So to go back on the first one, if I if I want to change my my exposure, right, I just changed my avatar and I stopped marketing to those to those people, right, and we pulled back yeah. on that end. So, so once think- you break down. It's very easy. You can just, you know, slightly turn off this file set and trickle more onto here and see what works and what doesn't. So that's what I love about which is marketing. another which is another key point as what we we're saying is that people are gonna say that, well, I can't just pick
1: one avatar. I wanted to attack everything. I think what which is what the key with the key essence of your your conversation there was really you can always change your avatar. But if you're not gonna pick yeah. one you're never going to start because there's so many different possible combinations of the avatars. What Nick is probably, and Nick, I'm putting words in your mouth, is you have to identify at least one and go after that person. Now, they may not end up being your final avatar. You may pivot from that, but you'll get started. Starting is the toughest thing to do in this business because you can go into the mode of, well, I, I, I need to have everything perfect. So any thoughts on that, Nick?
0: No man, we overcomplicate the shit out of things. That's just us humans, right? Tommy and I, my my other uh, brain inside. Uh, he, we always sit there, and I'll I'll paint something off him and be like, "Hey, I'm thinking about this. Why, you know, xyz And after I get done ranting, he just looks at me. I'm like, "I'm overcomplicating." He's like, "Yes, all right, all right, never mind." And I won't. <laughs> Honestly, so often we we listen. We don't know what we don't know. And the only way to find out is by committing and, and taking that first step. It's that easy, right? What does that mean? If you're in a nine to five right now, when you get off work, go home and uh, maybe look up what open houses are coming this week, right? right. Start going to open houses, walking properties, right? Start looking at every, if you can stop and go into an open house and just look at a property, just start understanding what they look like what the trim looks like under, you know, get an eye for them, right? Look at different rehabs, right? Just start doing something. I don't care what it is. Just start doing something. Pick up a phone call, pick up a phone and start making cold calls, right? You're going to get told to F off quite a lot. There's a lot of scripts on, on for free out there. Hit me up. I'll give them to you. But just making that first step, you're never going to do anything until you make that first step. You have to commit. Yeah. I'm
1: not, and dude, there's so many things I can continue asking. I think we'll probably have to do a deeper dive uh, webinar with you on on how to yeah. break into this model. Now, one one question before we shift gears is going to be more around: if somebody wants to do this, can it be done in any market right now? How do they? How do they? Because I think that's the biggest fear, right? Because the noise in the world, and it, it is really a noise, uh, is that real estate's crashing don't invest. We're back in like 2007, 2008 timeframe where doomsday scenario. And it may happen, may not happen, but there's always ways to make money, right? So when you are trying, when, when you are telling your mastermind folks or anyone else who's coming to you, what's your recommendation of how to look at the business model that you describe and implement in any market?
0: Can they implement it in any market or is there a way to pick a market? You can, you can do this in any market right you can go find a distressed property uh, buy it at a discount and try to make a profit on it you can do that anywhere your success is going to be drastically different okay the numbers that you have to buy at are going to be also drastically different okay but that comes in with with step two right step one is committing step two is you have to know what your avatar is and your market right like that's yeah. part of figuring out everything Right, So that's with the education portion, right? Like that's with the going around and driving and looking at houses, right? So, so you'll get a feel of what's possible and what's not possible. I know in Texas, and that's, I'm only talking about Texas, right? I, I still have investors and friends that are absolutely killing it and crushing it in California, right? But there's a mass exodus out of California right now. Right. So would I start investing in California? no but right. that just that doesn't mean that if you're in your early twenties that you shouldn't start, and you're in California that you shouldn't start. You should absolutely start if that's your market. Absolutely start. So it's just you might have to work a little bit harder, right? You might have to buy at different numbers. Love that makes sense. Thank you again for okay. that, man. And I think,
1: I, of course, this this conversation is just a starter conversation right uh, we don't expect everyone to learn everything about the business just in this conversation it's really to give a framework uh, a starting point and there's going to be more detail we'll'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your contact information if people want to learn more and by your mastermind as well uh, Nick shifting gears a little bit we're coming towards the end of our podcast right now I can't believe we've almost talked forty minutes it's it's really around there is a 20 year old Nick somewhere out in the world listening to this podcast but if you were to reflect back and give them one insight that can make the intermigration into life easier or more thoughtful, what would that be?
0: So, one, there's, all right, so first off, there's a book that I wish I read way earlier, okay, and it's a simple book, it's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, sorry, mm. uh, but that that's the book, right, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, it's a very basic psychology book, but it goes into so much detail of what people run into today, right? There's an inner monologue in all of us that constantly stops us, right? Or drives us in the wrong direction, right? So me, I was having a lot of emotional issues, flaring up, angry, just couldn't, I I don't want to say I couldn't control my issues, but I was an engineer offshore, right? If something didn't go right, you threw a wrench at it, right? And so, so I was building, I was built differently. Uh, When you get into this, right? And you're, you're totally different. It's a lot more delicate. So I wish I read that book in my 20s, not in my later 30s, to know that, listen, that, that inner monologue, that inner voice, it's normal. It's it's the same thing that's questioning you, right? I still have that uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, for me, it manifests in dreams. I will say at least once a week, I wake up in a cold sweat because I was offshore working and I didn't have an engineer's license anymore. I let it lapse. And the Coast Guard was coming on for an infection. And I was all panicky, right? Like that whole, did I make it, did I make the right decision, right? right. This has been years after I've, I've stopped doing that. I'm, I'm successful in it, but I'm still having those nightmares. So it never stops, right? It's okay. Just keep going, okay? That's the only thing that can stop you is yourself. You have to keep going. All right, No matter what that means. If you're going to get set back plenty of times in life, just keep going. Pick up, get up.
1: I love that. That's a new mantra, I man. Just keep going. It's actually a good one. You um, can see that this, again, in any facets of life, uh, this is this is an helpful way of looking at that challenge. Because challenges are going to come. They're
0: not going to help. It I, sucks, I, man. It sucks. When our, our first real estate investment deal that Tony and I did, it was miserable. The rehab went, more than double over. I, we had to re-plumb the house three times. The city of Farmers Branch never work with the city of Farmers Branch. They they are horrible. But the only way through it was to just keep going, right? If I I can't just walk away and and no, the only way is, is to keep on putting money into this house and and get it listed and and get it off, right? I think we made five grand. That's just because the market saved us. But the only way to get through it is just forward. All right. Make make minor adjustments along the way. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. So learn. Only make one mistake once. Never make it. A, never make the mistake twice. It's simple things, but it hurts. It learn. You know. Like well, thank
1: you for sharing that story, man. Nick, one a little bit more philosophical question right now, as in where as you because you interact with a lot of investors, you interact a lot of different people coming from different aspects of life. As you reflect back on your interactions with. Each individual that you've done, if you can abstract it, where do you feel humanity as a whole could migrate towards
0: for greatness uh in the next few decades? Um that's a talk about a deep one on me. I, I don't know. I think everybody just needs to come together. I hate social media, but I use it every day and every hour just for business, right? It's it feeds so many mouths, right? There's so many ways to use it for business, right? A simple selfie and providing help to somebody is a tremendous way to be useful on, on social media, right? It's a simple thing, but you can, it can go so far and it's, and it's free. That's the best part about it. But at the same time, I really strongly believe that it's driving us away from everybody and we're really just that whole thing. I think we need to come together and I can relax and just Thank realize you. that not everybody is the, the devil that everybody portrays them. You know, it's just the, everybody's looking at things through a screen and it's not that way. They just got to look outside and say, the world's not falling apart. Like it is in some places, but it's always been in some places, right? It's just calm down and take one day at a time. Don't try to affect anything outside of your bubble, right? Don't let anything outside of your bubble affect you. So, Love that, Nick. Thank you again for sharing that, man always gives you um
1: i love this 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 is my favorite question usually uh, because it gives so much insight into somebody how how people think uh, because everyone's a human being and everyone has a Mm -hmm. perspective that's helpful so thank you for sharing that nick towards the end man i i love this conversation and i'm i know you've added a lot of value to me and to the listeners as well but i'm pretty sure there's a lot more where this came from if somebody wants to get in touch with you And they want to go deeper into the concepts we talked about. Where can they learn more about you? How can they get in touch with you? All of that good stuff.
0: So we're on YouTube. We're on, we have our websites. We have uh, all the social media. So I go by The Sicilian Brothers, right? It's me and Tony. So if you go to the sicilianbrothers.com, or our mastermind, reiaf.com uh, You will find all of our links there. We're on Instagram. Uh, our YouTube just broke 85,000 subscribers. So I'm kind of really happy about that. So, man, it's just it, part of the just keep going, right? That that whole one step in front of the other. So it pays off in the long haul. Perfect, man, Nick. Thank you again for an exciting conversation, buddy.
1: I will make sure that all the sh- links are included in the show notes for the listeners. I'm pretty sure you this is not the last time we are speaking that you're going to be back. Soon. Uh for all the listeners I appreciate you. Thank you again for tuning in. Without you the show is not going to be possible. If you're listening to this part that means you something in this conversation really stuck by you. I would love to know what that what what kept you going to listen to this this podcast. If you could drop us a notion a comment in the sh- uh, in the in the YouTube or DM me on any of the social media platforms. I would love to hear from you. Thank you again, Nick. And thank you again, the listeners. Until next time. See you later. Hold on one second.
0: If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below.